Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we'd like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and our new series, uh, The Life. And this is actually program number three, uh, and it's leprosy. And we're talking about leprosy today. And uh, before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Loving Father in heaven, thank you for another opportunity we have to examine the life of Jesus and we pray that you will send your spirit to guide our words and to um, help our hearts to be receptive to principles and to learn along with everybody else. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I've, if you've probably noticed, this is program number three and on our new series, and we have a little bit of a different opening music. We do. And uh, and it's been pretty exciting to develop this music. and. Uh, with some friends of mine, uh, Johnny and uh, Monica Wilberger, and also a, a good friend of mine, Mr. J.K. Northrup, and another friend of mine, Steve Brown, and it's been just a, a pleasure to do that, and uh, we hope you like the opening music. It was a lot of fun to do, and uh, I've been diving into a little more music recently also. And yeah, if you hear it and you like it, let us know. Yeah. So um, it's interesting because I, I'm not that musically inclined, but I get to partake by, um, you know, listening and watching everything developed. And so when I'm listening to it, I'm listening to the song because, you know, and I kind of almost forget we're here to do a radio program. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you get caught off guard all of a sudden. You get the point from Matt in there, and the next thing you know, you're you're ready to start talking. So anyway, um, this program on leprosy, and, and Susan and I, we, we before the program, we kind of sit in the car and go over our notes, and she asked a really important question, and I thought about the question all the way up the elevator, and here she says, because we're going to start talking here a little about a, a little bit about the sanctuary service, the Old Testament sanctuary service. Once again, we're talking about leprosy, and it has to do, leprosy is a metaphor, see, for a a, a, a a much larger thing than a skin disease. In the Bible, you know, leprosy represents the sin problem. And then she asked, well, why are we starting with cleansing the temple? Because, and, and I thought about it, it was a great question, because if leprosy is a metaphor for the sin problem, then the sin problem is between the ears. So if Jesus wants to cleanse the temple, he's going to cleanse our minds and our hearts, and we'll be, confu- we'll be cured from the quote-unquote disease of spiritual leprosy. Right, because I also have a very dear friend that I've been able to reconnect with who right now is struggling with cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things, and I love it because she's a believer and she loves the Lord, and the one thing that we can agree upon is that sometimes the body, you know, 
um, can get diseased. Right. And sometimes uh, the body is not is not going to be the thing that we have in the next life. No. And but if he if 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 we can be healed in heart and mind, that's the goal. That mm-hmm. that and so when when I, I I had a note on my on my paper that said. A lot of times we focus on the facts of the story instead of understanding the grander lesson that we gain from the story. Right. So when we, because a lot of times that topic comes up of Jesus cleansed the temple, Mm -hmm. and we wonder why. Well, keep in mind now, that entire temple service from when they took the tent in the wilderness and did their temple service all the way to when they built Solomon's temple, Herod's temple— the the actions that they went through in that they were all actors in a play they had costumes they had a script to go by which we call scripture and they're acting out a metaphor that simply said that sin kills and that eventually sin would kill the lamb of god jesus the play also showed how god deals with the sin problem in the human heart and we'll get into that in a little bit but you've heard me say before that I've got a lot of radio stations playing up in my head. You know, there's a whole committee up there, and they make a lot of noise. But it's just, you know, that's the way it is for me, and I don't know if any of you listening today have uh, have a lot of opinions that are between your ears, but I do. And so God wants peace up there for me, and that's what he wants. And so he's going to do something for me. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if we are the temple of God that the Bible speaks of, then what is this talking about? Well, the courts of the temple at Jerusalem, with all that traffic that was going on, represented the temple of the heart, the human heart, all cluttered up with sensual and unholy thoughts and, and, you know, if you will, voice of the little five-year-old boy inside Rich's head, and all these things that go on, these unholy thoughts, these gossips, these criticisms, these all things. And and so that temple service rep- it was a metaphor for the human heart. Right, because a lot of times I think we can go back to, that, to the cleansing of the temple, and it kind of says, Jesus did it in righteous anger. So we yeah. look at that kind of on the surface and say how Jesus went in and he blew up the temple and knocked things over and and— and when we started seeing it from a different point of view, it just— It changed it everything. Blew our, yeah, it just, like, really set things up in a different way Yeah, for us to see that it was more about our own heart condition than yeah. anything. So once again, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3.16, he says, know ye, know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit, Spirit of God dwells in you. Only Jesus can cleanse our temples but he will not force his way in. By contrast, he doesn't come to us like he did in the Jerusalem temple, but he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. That's Revelation 3.20. So who opens a door? We're the ones that open the door. But Jesus says, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and they shall be my people. And that's 2 Corinthians 6, 16. Yeah, see, so it looks to me like the object of the game is he wants in, we don't want him in, he convinces us to let him in, we let him in, he cleanses the temple, 
we live in peace. Right. And his metaphor is saying it's not about a building. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. It's about your thoughts. Yeah. It's about your desires. It's the temple in between the two ears. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a temple that no longer exists. Right. So, by the way, so let's, let's kind of analyze this before we get into the leprosy, because once again, the leprosy is a metaphor for sin. Mm-hmm. Sin occurs between the ears. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So, who ran out of the temple? Let's talk about who he chased out of the temple. We had beasts, you know, we had animals, we had money changers, and we had the Pharisees. They all ran out. Now, these are all actors in our play. Even the animals were acting out a part. What do you suppose they all represent in our metaphor? They represent the areas of the human heart where man is prone to fall. Remember the Bible, Jesus was tempted in these three areas. The Bible talks about these three areas, the three areas where Satan tempts us. Lust of the flesh, that would be sensualism. Lust of the eyes, that would be materialism or greed. And pride, that would be egotism. Now let's think about our actors. The beasts in the temple, they would represent our animal passions or our lust of a flesh or our sensualism. The money changers, they would represent greed or lust of the eyes or materialism. And the Pharisees themselves would represent pride or egotism, if you will. Right. And, and Jesus wants to cleanse our hearts from the misuse of our carnal natures in these three areas. So it has nothing to do with how smart a person right, is right. or how much Bible text that they can memorize or even in some cases how strict their diet is. We can have a tendency to wear the good thing that we are doing like a badge and go proudly on our way or you can also go the other direction and be self-loathing. But this is what sin does to us. It even makes us proud of the good things that we do. And like Isaiah says, the whole head is the sick. The whole head is sick. Now, you said something interesting. You said Jesus wants to cleanse our hearts from the misuse of our carnal natures. Right. Let's talk about that, because our carnal natures, they make life worth living, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. To, All to, those things are important. They're important. It's important to have sensualism or 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 you know, fleshly desires. It's it's nice to bite into an ice cream sundae every once in a while. Right. Right? But the misuse of sensualism... You, that's you where have you, one for uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right, and it's, right, yeah. It's run riot. Right. See, and so you have... And, and we're all bent in these areas, sensualism, egotism, materialism. We all have this infection, if you will, of the misuse of our carnal nature. Absolutely. And I just want to put a plug in for our workbook because we have um, in the first couple of two or three chapters of our workbook, Could It Be the Simple? It goes through and it talks about the um, spiritual nature and the sinful nature. And we always like to say is if your carnal nature is running you, you're, You're going managing your life from the bottom from up. From the bottom up, because God doesn't want that carnal nature to be in control. He wants it subdued to the spiritual to your nature, spiritual nature, which is where your reasoning abilities are, your conscience is, your center of worship, how you judge, how, yeah. what your judgments are. Yeah. And so, you know, if you want that that workbook, we have those available. Oh for yeah, free. And, and how would they get that? You can either call us at nine one six. Six four five one two nine seven, or you can go to our website at um, justasiamministries.com, and you can order it through our re- uh, re- resources tab. Okay, and Ian, you can also just uh, you can drop us a note when you come to our website too. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Uh, there's 
resources on the website. All of our we have past all of our audio pa- um, radio things. programs. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff there. Tons and, of stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for re- reminding us of that, Susan. Um, and once again, I want to get back to that. The, the carnal natures is what makes us human beings. And, and like Susan was saying, the misuse of our carnal natures. In other words, when we determine that our desire to feel better, look better, or know better outweighs what is reasonable for everyone concerned, that's when we get into a trouble. Right. You know, the, the prideful person wants to win the argument for the sake of winning the argument, not for the sake of truth. Mm-hmm. You know, the sensualist person wants to feel good at everybody else's expense and he will become an alcoholic or a a drug addict or a sex addict or something like that. Mm -hmm. And of course the materialist person will drain the checking account to make sure they've got the proper clothes, the proper car, the proper house. And, and and it's, and it, and so what happens is materialism can overtake every other part of your life. Right. So, and a lot of times people are um, encouraged to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and you know, we may even be living within our means, but if our stuff becomes more important than right. who we are as people or how we treat people, then that's when that's, that's the misuse out of, of the carnal right. nature. It's yeah. out of control. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so our re- uh, we get, let's get to our leprosy now that we've broken the human mind down a little bit. Our references uh, for today in regards to the leprosy that the Bible talks about are Matthew 8, 2 through 4, Matthew 9, 1 through 8. Matthew 9, 32 through 34, Mark 1, 40 to 45, and Mark 2, 1 through 12, and also Luke 5. Hope you had a pin there. I know. Uh, 12 through 28, that's like drinking out of a fire yeah. hydrant. But anyway, those are our references and uh, for it. Now, I'm just going to uh, read a definition here of leprosy uh, and and uh, so that we all know what we're talking about when we talk about the metaphor because of all diseases in the east at the time of jesus leprosy was the most dreaded it was incurable and contagious and it had a horrible effect on its victims it filled everyone even the rulers and fearless people with fear leprosy is also called hansen disease chronic infections infectious disease that affects the skin the peripheral nerves in other words nerves outside the brain and spinal cord the mucous membranes of the nose, the throat, and the eyes. It's caused by the leprosy bacillus, microbacteria, and lepre. Destruction of the peripheral nerves by the bacillus leads to a loss of sensation, which, together with the progressive tissue degeneration, may result in the extremities becoming deformed or eroded. At one time, lepers, as those with the disease were called, were ostracized as unclean and they were gathered into isolated, quote-unquote, leper colonies in order to keep them out of sight and to control their contagiousness and offer them what little treatment was available. In reality, the leprosy bacillus is not highly infectious, in most cases passing from one person to another only after prolonged and close contact, as, for instance, among family members. In addition... Thanks to modern therapy with a number of effective drugs, the disease is now entirely curable, and the term leper no longer has the meaning. In fact, it's considered to be offensive because of the social stigma that's been long associated with the disease. Healthcare officials today do not consider a cured former leprosy patient as to be any more leprous than a cured former cancer patient is cancerous. So... Leprosy is not what it used to be. However, the way it degenerates the human body, the human condition, 
is a great metaphor for sin because sin does the same thing. And we talk about sinful things like holding resentments or like drinking poison, hoping the other person dies, the inability to forgive. Mm-hmm. It's it's like leprosy. It, it'll eat you away. Right. It'll eat you alive. Right. And back in the time of the Jews, they made the conclusion that leprosy was a judgment from God mm-hmm. because of the sin that um, of the person. And so they called it the stroke and the finger of God. That's, that's how they um, categorized someone who had leprosy, that it was deep-rooted and deadly, and it was looked upon as a symbol of sin. Now by the ritual law, the leper was pronounced unclean. He was shut out from everyone just like a person that was already dead. Whatever he touched was considered unclean. Yeah, and anyone suspected of having the disease had to present himself to the priests who were to examine that person and decide in you know what the outcome of his or her case would be. Now, if they were pronounced to be a leper, they were isolated from their family, cut off from the congregation of Israel, and were doomed to associate with lepers only. And the thing is, is that this law was inflexible inflexible. Even the kings and the rulers weren't exempt from it. If a king or monarch was attacked by this disease, they were required to give up their scepter and leave society. Not only that, but any leper was required to tear his clothes and sound an alarm warning everyone to get out of his way. They would have to yell out, unclean, unclean, and that would scare the daylights out of anyone around them. Yeah, I mean, just think if you got that disease, your life as you know it, is over. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine being a leper, thinking that you're suffering under the judgment of God, and then you see Jesus healing the sick by laying his hands on him. You see the lame, the blind, the paralytic, and those that are dying of whatever, being healed back to perfect health and praising the Lord for their deliverance. Right. So the, the leper in our story must have put all of his restrictions out of his mind in order to get through the crowd to Jesus, right? He's like, the, I'm just, I'm going for it. Yeah. And the people must have just scattered when he came through. And he doesn't even know if, if Jesus is going to accept him because by all um, understanding, right. he was unacceptable to everyone. Right. And, and I mean, you just got to put your mind there. Number one, the disease has make, made him unpleasant. His decaying body is horrible to look at. And at the sight of him coming, the piece of must, the, all the people that are around Jesus, they must have had to get back or, or, or move back. And, and, you know, it must have been quite a scene. But, but think, put yourself in this guy's mind. All he can see at this point is Jesus. And so he casts himself at Jesus' feet with the cry, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. Been there? Absolutely. What what causes what caused you to finally go? Dang, I need help. I just think it was a utter and complete desperation to have tried everything, you know, um, in my own power to survive, and I was incapable of of living with my mind. Do you know? Uh-huh. I don't know if that makes sense. I was incapable of living. Who with who I was in the past to where I was at in the today and incapable even looking at that I had any future. Okay. So yeah, you, hopeless. Yeah, I was just hopeless, and so you know you turn to the to the the last thing, the that, last house on the block. Absolutely. And yeah, 
So, you know, and, and Isaiah says, whoa, I'm, un, I'm unclean. I have unclean lips. Everybody, I think, at one point in, in time in their life come to that conclusion that, you know what, I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, we go back to the old behavior or we say, you know what, I, I think I'm ready. I think I'm, I'm done with this being like this, mm-hmm. you know, and my way has not worked. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to try a new way. Right. And so when when this leper came to Jesus, Jesus replied, he said, I will I will clean you and you will be made clean. And he laid his hand upon him. That's in Matthew 8, 3. And immediately a change passed over the leper and his flesh became healthy and the nerves began to work again. Think about this guy and that experience of, of being doomed. And next thing you know, you're good. Now, after he heals the guy, this is the interesting part. He tells he says he tells the guy, "Don't tell anyone who did this for you, but go present yourself with an offering at the temple." Now, the offering couldn't be accepted until the priests had made an examination and pronounced the man completely free of the disease. Jesus was real particular and urgent with his directions to the man. Right. The Bible says he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and he said unto him see that thou say nothing to any man but go thy way show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing those things which moses commanded for a testimony unto them had the priest known the facts about his healing it could have been trouble it could have been trouble because jesus wanted the man to present himself at the temple before any rumors about the miracle had spread and gotten to the priests. their hatred of jesus would have probably caused them to state that he was still unclean. This way, he got an unbiased opinion and a decision from the priest, unbiased, and that he had been restored and he could go back to his family and his friends. This is, this is Jesus was thinking of the big picture here. Right, and he also knew that his enemies were trying to limit his work and to turn the people away from him. And so he knew that if the healing of the leper was publicized, other lepers would... Uh, crowd around him, and the people would be contaminated by contact with him, or yeah. they would think they were contaminated. Yeah, and, and once again, Jesus is looking at the big, big picture. Now, a lot of the people that witnessed the healing of the leopard, and they wanted to know, they wanted to hear the, what the priests had decided. You know, when the, you just picture when the man returns to his friends and his family, what kind of a ruckus that would all, that you know, that would be, uh, that would be pretty cool. But when the man, he couldn't hold back, so when he starts telling the story, the, the Jewish leaders caught wind of that, and it made them hate Jesus more and want to kill him more. Right. It's very strange what sin in a religious costume is capable of. Sin in a religious costume, is in it's the worst form, right? Yeah. You think of the Inquisition, and you think of the separation and the walls that are put up in the name of religion, and it's kind of like, man, religion makes the worst offense of all. Yeah. In many ways, because it's usually directed towards your fellow man to say, you know, I judge you not worthy enough. It's the strangest thing. And, you know, the cross does a lot of stuff. God God tells us a lot through the cross. But one of the most important things that I learned through the cross is the wrong picture of God. God will will actually cause you to desire to kill your creator. Right. And he showed that. He right. allowed his creation to kill him, to nail him to a cross, to illustrate a point 
of what the wrong picture of him will do to the human mind. Right, because mind. Jesus came to show us a picture of the Father. If you've he seen said, me, you've seen the Father. Right, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And they saw that, and it revolted them to the place of wanting to kill him. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. That's scary. It, 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 it's, Our human condition is a scary condition. Yeah, it's it's, and, and this is what the sin, leprosy between the ears, does to the human being. He doesn't even know that he's being eaten away. He's numb to it, just like what leprosy does. It causes us to be numb, and we become more and more spiritually numb, and we are consumed. Like We become blind to our condition. We become unforgiving. We become blameful. We become gossip. We, come, we become finger pointers. All the while, it's not doing damage to those out there as much as it's doing damage to us. Once again, being unforgiving is like drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. We continue to deteriorate. The more we deteriorate, the number we get, and it's just the way it is. Uh, I'm getting a signal from Matt, which means we've got to wrap it up. Um, remember, to we have a lot of resources. Please contact us, uh, 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.